Welcome to episode number 41 of Off the Shelf. One day you'll make everything you, Jesus. One day you will bind every wound. The former things shall all pass away. No more tears. One day you'll make sense of it all. Jesus, one day every question resolved. Every anxious thought left behind. No more fear. Hi, my name is Rod Bergen. And I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Off the Shelf podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to ask questions and to help you, our listener, find answers to those questions. We want to help you to know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. Off the Shelf is primarily directed at followers of the message of William Branham and former followers like ourselves. Off the Shelf is now being heard in over 100 countries, and we are glad you could join us. Today, I want to address a question that came in from one of our listeners. Here's an excerpt from her email. In a nutshell, I feel like I am in the very beginning stages of message recovery, terrified of attending any church, still struggling with fear of damnation and total confusion of who or what God is, versus the indoctrination of the message. Your podcasts were my turning point. Thank you so much for putting them out there. I wait every Sunday for a new one to be released. They are my lifeline right now. Struggling with severe depression, but the podcasts have helped immensely. I'm looking forward to the subject of message recovery. You have decided to leave. Now what? Where do we go? What do we do? Where in society and the non-message church would we fit in? I feel like an alien. I never felt comfortable and like I measured up or fit in at the message church or among the people and felt like a person caught in between worlds outside, always awkwardly never finding the place for me and always critical, filtering other churches against message standards and filtering other churches against message standards. So I just want to sit down in the middle of the street and cry. I am a lost sheep. One thing I discovered when you push William Branham out of the way, it is startling that behind him the entire time there was Christ on the cross. William Branham was impeding and interfering with my ability to function or have a relationship with Christ. I was too busy trying to meet the message criteria and give reverence to the message and the prophet, which seemed to totally exclude the simplicity of God's love and the salvation that Christ alone offers. When I received this email, I reached out to a number of people that have left the message. And here are the collective comments from 14 or 15 of them. The question I've asked them to address from the email I've just read is this. Message recovery. You have decided to leave. Now what? Where do we go? What do we do? Where in society and the non-message church world do we fit in? I want to start generally with with a few of my own thoughts. Psychologists Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler 
have identified five common stages of grief. Others say there are seven stages, but I think these stages apply to leaving the message. I'll give you all seven so that we're complete. Number one, shock and denial. When you first come to the realization that the message is false, the first thought is, this can't be true, or this can't be happening. Most people react to learning that William Branham wasn't who he said he was with numbed disbelief. This is a temporary way to deal with the rush of overwhelming emotion that we experience. Shock provides emotional protection from being overwhelmed all at once. And this can last for weeks. Stage number two is pain and guilt. As the shock wears off, it is replaced with pain. You've lost something that was the center of your life. You may feel frustrated and helpless or even guilty as though you have betrayed the message. Life feels chaotic and very scary during this phase. Third, you'll experience anger. The frustration you were experiencing is what leads to this anger. You can lash out and lay unwarranted blame for your loss on someone else. You have to try to control your extreme overreaction as permanent damage can be done to relationships during this phase. And you might ask, why me? Some people get angry with God. It's normal. The fourth stage is depression, reflection, and loneliness. A very long period of sadness can overtake you. As you realize the true magnitude of your loss, it does sadden you. This was the center of your life. You may isolate yourself on purpose, reflect on things you did with your message friends who now have abandoned you, and you may focus on memories of the past. You may also sense feelings of emptiness or despair. This leads to the fifth stage. Things start turning upward. As you start to adjust to life with your loss, your life becomes a little calmer and a bit more organized. Your physical symptoms lessen and your depression begins to lift slightly. This leads to the sixth stage of reconstruction and working through the issues. As you become more functional, your mind starts working, you find yourself seeking realistic solutions to the problems that have been posed by your leaving the message. And finally, you reach the stage of acceptance and hope. In this last stage, you learn to accept and deal with the reality of your situation. Acceptance does not necessarily mean happiness. You've experienced pain and turmoil. You can't ever return to the easy, stick to the regulations, no need to think person that you were prior to leaving the message. But you will find a way forward. You start to look forward and you start to plan things for the future. You're able to think about the message in sadness, but without the wrenching pain you initially experienced. And you once again anticipate that some good times are coming and you may even find joy again in the experience of living. Certainly that's where I find myself today. I should add that not everyone experiences all of these phases and some move through them very quickly. You may not even experience the phases in the order I just laid out. For myself, I got through them incredibly quickly, but my wife and others I know took years to deal with leaving the message. 
So here's some advice from a couple of the people that I talk to about things in general. First, take the time you need to figure things out. You don't have to be in a hurry. Secondly, freedom is far more urgent than a sense of belonging. Individuality has been suppressed while you were in the message for far too many years. It's important not to replace the message bubble with a new one. Be yourself and most people will accept you the way you are. So now that we've dealt with some general issues, I want to talk a little bit about the question again that was asked. You've decided to leave. Now what? Where do we go? What do we do? Where in society and the non-message church world do we fit in? I understand that people who leave the message quite often lose their faith. But for myself, I had too many experiences with God for that to happen. I knew God was interested in me. It was just something that I had to work through. But it's also important to understand that God is not afraid of your questions. So ask away. One man's response to the question that was posed in the email was, was this. Those are really good questions five years on. I'm still asking myself these questions. Everyone's experience is slightly different, but I think we experience similarities in leaving. The message was all I ever knew. I bought into, unwillingly at times, that all Christian systems were corrupt and that salvation was readable by clothing. When I found that most of what I had been taught as truth was based on falsehoods, my faith in the goodness of God, warped as my understanding was at that time, and my faith in the truth of Scripture crumbled. My answer to the question would be cautious, but would include some of the following. Read. Read the Bible. For what it says in a simple translation, and I would recommend uh, personally a translation like the New Living Translation or the Good News Translation. Read widely from those who have steeped themselves in it. If you need to, I did, Find scholars who have looked into the historicity of scriptures. Be prepared to find doubt, skepticism, and disbelief. There are scholars who are objective about these things and retain their orthodox Christian faith. N.T. Wright is one I'm familiar with. For inspiration, I'd recommend C.S. Lewis. His book, Mere Christianity, might be the reason I didn't give up on faith. N.T. Wright's Simply Christian just makes me long to have faith and is excellent for its big picture of the story of our faith. Read Tim Keller and others. Find podcasts and sermons and listen, but don't swallow everything. Go slow. Try out churches of all flavors, orthodox in belief, but not just the ones that feel closest in flavor to the message. Be prepared to feel uncomfortable because you will. Pray. Speak with folks you feel you can trust and ask them to pray for you. But don't allow yourself to trust everything they tell you. They are not and never have been God. William Branham wasn't. No man is. It's harder than anything I've ever done. Still is, but worth it. Here's some input from a woman who was in the message for many years. She says, 
I was talking with an ex-message believer today. He was apologizing for being so negative about religion. He had stopped going to church completely. I told him, it's all right to question everything. You're on a journey. Just don't let this be your final destination. So many give up on God. They throw in the towel, partly because they, in the back of their minds, still believe what William Branham said about denominations. So they can't bring themselves to darken the door of a church that is part of the whore system. When I left, I eventually was able to discard everything message-related and just take my Bible and start a new journey without the message filter. I'm quite happy in the church we are going to. You must not quit on God. He never quit on us. Here's another comment from an ex-message follower. Connect with people of faith, but always reserve the right to differ on any point. Don't be intimidated by talk of orthodoxy. Think for yourself. You can find areas of common ground with most churches, but never expect them to be as tolerant of you as you are of them. Those who love a bandwagon hate uncomfortable questions, but it is possible to live in community without agreeing on every single major or minor doctrinal point. Several women who have left the message mention something called the community Bible study. Here's one comment. My strongest rock post-message has been an interdenominational Bible study. They major on our likenesses and minimize the differences. Mine is called Community Bible Study, but there is another called Bible Study Fellowship. Sturdy, mainstream, and including women from all denominations and walks of life, it provides fellowship and learning in a loving environment. Here is the comments of another woman related to Community Bible Study, or CBS as she calls it. I too experienced great freedom in attending CBS. It's definitely a tool God has used in my life. I feel like it helped me so much to see other faithful believing women in various denominations and their pants and makeups, etc. didn't affect their faith. Really solid teaching. But I didn't join till five years post-message. And I feel like it was the last step to really be free from the message. Like I had to take time to erase an unlearned message doctrine. Five years. Yuck, she says. And CBS was a great tool to begin learning anew. I'm going to post a link to the CBS website so that you can find a class to attend if you're interested. Here's another suggestion that was made by one of the women that I talked to, and that is to attend a recovery group. Here's her comments. For me, my healing journey began with the Celebrate Recovery Group at the community church we started going to. It's a step program in the USA for people going through hurts, hangups, and, or habits. Although no one in my group was recovering from a cult, there were several women who understood my tendencies to self-hate and anxiety that came from the message. I just completed a year-long step study with five other women from Celebrate Recovery, and God really showed me so much of what I still need to work on in my life. It was so eye-opening for me. Again, I am going to put a link on the page for this podcast on the offtheshelf.life website to celebrate recovery so that you can find one of these groups if you're interested. Finally, from my perspective, there's a program that I would recommend that can be found on a worldwide basis called the Alpha Course. Alpha is a series of sessions that explores the Christian faith. It runs all around the globe, 
and everyone's welcome. Alphas generally have three key things in common. Food, a talk, and good conversation. And the people are amazing. So if you want a fresh look at Christianity without the baggage of the message, I would highly recommend Alpha. I personally met Nikki Gumbel, the man who's behind the Alpha course, and he's an amazingly humble man. My wife and I have gone through all the sessions and they were a wonderful breath of fresh air. Again, I'm going to include links on how to find an Alpha course near you on the page for this podcast on offtheshelf.life. Here's another piece of advice from someone who's left the message. Move forward. Remember the most important thing about being a Christian, to love and forgive. I struggle with this daily. As my parents and siblings are still in the message, it's still an ongoing struggle. I see them as blind sheep. They see me as the black sheep. However, love is currently winning. Finally, I want to turn to the church. Uh, as this was the last part of the question that was asked. And we've talked about Christianity in general, but what about finding a new church? This is a tough one, and my wife and I spent the better part of a year before we found a church that really was what we were looking for and needed. But here are a few comments from the people that I asked about leaving the message. Number one, leaving made me question just about everything I knew. The toughest thing for me has been fully connecting with the church body. The second one, I found a church as opposite of the messages I could find. It's filled with the love and grace of Jesus Christ and has a wonderful outreach to those who don't know him. It also has programs to help take care of the needy. It has support groups for people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups that offer love instead of adjustment. We cannot add anything to the grace provided by Jesus Christ. Here's a third one. I was uncomfortable going to denominational churches, as I suppose all or most newly ex-message folks are. The thing that got me involved and in recognizing that denominational Christians are in fact Christians was a Christian musical put on by a local church. They invited anyone and everyone to come and audition or be part of backstage and the informality of the rehearsals really got me talking to people. After that performance, I gasped, she says, joined the choir. And that was good for me because it made me commit to showing up each week, even if the message talk in my head was loud and insistent. Then I got into a couple of midweek Bible studies, and the learning and deprogramming began in earnest. 31 years out, and no lightning bolts yet. Here's a fourth one, again, speaking about finding a new church. This is the most difficult thing to figure out. For me, once I got out, I just had to take a break from every church thing ever. After going to church, after going to church, I would pick apart everything that they would say. I kept judging people for wearing pants. It was one of the hardest things to break from because you go from feeling like you belong somewhere to being an outcast. Then you go through all the emotional stuff about that everything you grew up with was a lie. It still affects me today and prevents me from trusting people fully. Here's a fifth one. Recovering from any trauma, it's important to know you are not alone, that others have experienced a similar journey. 
And certainly that's what this podcast is about, is to know that there are hundreds and hundreds of people like you, if you're listening. The sixth one, I was very thankful to leave the mess, but I found it challenging to adjust to being in a normal church after being in the closed community of a cult, just trying to figure out how to fit in and all the things that go with that. A seventh comment, my current place I go, I questioned every single thing the pastor said for a year. I couldn't believe the Bible was so simple to understand. I would leave every time frustrated for believing Branham's crappy interpretation. And here's an eighth. For me, it's been hit and miss church-wise. Attended three Assemblies of God, one Calvary Chapel, one to non-denominational church. Now my wife and I are very happy in a very different church. We live in a 55 and up community. It's non-denominational. The average age is probably 75 to 80. We're at the young end age-wise. Long story short, maybe we should warn the newbies that they should not avoid church and not allow discouragement. The devil would be quite happy if we never attended church. And this person uh, just wrote that comment has been out of the message for about 13 years. And the last comment, this uh, section about church, I learned the hard way that some don't let you know how extreme they are on their King James Version only stance till you've been around for a while. And I would say be careful because my experience has been that King James Version only churches are just about as cultish as the message. And so you want to stay clear of them. Finally, the last comment I had was from someone who just had a comment about dealing with family. And they said this, the best witness for our family and loved ones is not the discrepancies we've found, but love for them when we talk to them. I know that it can be frustrating by the way they will act towards you, but live your life with love and kindness. And love will win out. I hope this has been a help to the person that asked the questions and those of you who have left the message and probably have had the same thing on your mind. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is a comment section at the bottom of every episode's webpage. Or you're welcome to send an email to me directly at rod at offtheshelf.life. Have a great week and thanks for listening. One day we will see face to face. Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? In a moment we shall be changed on that day And one day we'll be free, free indeed Jesus, one day all the struggle will cease And we will see your glory
Yeah.